Welcome to Amped Up with Proud Resistor. This is progressive activist Ryan Knight. And I'm Chris Lavoie of The Stephanie Miller Show. And this is episode six. We got a, a busy show for you today, so let's just get right into it. Please welcome actress, comedian, and activist, and friend of the podcast, Rosie O'Donnell. Hey, Rosie. Good. Thank you for coming back on uh, Amped Up. You're doing well. I listen to it all the time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, you know, we have a few things to cover today. Trump is edging us closer to war with uh, Iran. We have uh, child concentration camps at the border. Uh, We have Republicans gaslighting us and trying to tell us that we don't have concentration camps. Uh, And we have uh, Democrats, a new story today that... um, they prefer the uh, going the court route than the impeachment route, uh, despite everything going on. So, <laughs> well, they're failing the United States themselves and all of the humans on planet Earth by doing that. Yeah, because this man is an out of control monster criminal. He has done nothing but shame the office of president, and the people have to stand up and say something. Look at Hong Kong. That's what America. Should look like right now yep and you know it's so unbearably relentless and you think it can't get worse and you hear about four-month-old babies at these concentration camps of which there are over a hundred in nearly every state there is one yep people think there's a few places in texas and san diego no they're all over the country they're in miami and homestead and that's one that's particularly heinous. But they're all heinous, and they are concentration camps. And as a child, I used to sit and wonder when I learned about World War II, what would I have done? What would I have done if I was raised in the 60s? Would I have marched in Selma? Right. Would I have been that brave? We have to do that now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, I printed out just to give people the facts so we can kind of set our conversation you know, and frame it around. Um, right now, the Trump administration is holding 1,400 migrant children at Fort Still, uh, which was a Japanese internment camp during World War II. As of May 20th, uh, ICE is detaining is detaining more than 52,000 migrants in these concentration camps nationwide. That is an all-time high, 52,000. Uh, 24 immigrants that we know of have died so far in ICE custody. Uh, Trump is threatening mass arrests that aim to round up millions of migrant parents and children in a blitz operation across uh, major U.S. cities. Uh, And as we saw, you know, Chuck Todd, uh, you know, on MSNBC joined in with the Republicans and tried to, you know, shame essentially AOC for calling them concentration camps. And what strikes me so much, what strikes me, though, is that that Chuck Todd and Republicans are more upset that about that their concentration that we're calling them what they are as concentration camps than they are that there's children in these concentration camps well we have to stop that fight that's what they are they're concentration camps that's the end of the subject absolutely and what, and- we're gonna, what history is going to record is who stood up and screamed and tried to change and threw their bodies on got arrested in front of tanks like Tiananmen Square that's where we are people fascism has taken foothold in America and if you don't believe it you're not awake. Absolutely. And no, fascism Fascism has been terrifying. here. Yes, yep. it's terrifying. And, um, you know, I, I called some of the people that you know, Ryan, that work very closely with down at the border at uh, in El Paso, the Dog Pound, one of the most horribly run facilities that there is. And 
and I spoke to some of the people there, and we're going to do this thing on, on July 12th. Yep. On July 12th, at five cities in the United States, in Miami, in New York. Um, I think you have the list of all the cities that are there. Miami, uh, I know for one, is definite. El Paso is definite. Yep. There are five cities where people are going to gather yep. on July 12th. And if they, you're not near a city or you can't do it, talk to like-minded people that you know in your kids' classroom. Well, and there's uh, it's so you can go to lights lightsforliberty.org to find out all the information. And like Rosie is saying, it, we are having a mass mobilization on July 12th. It will be a nationwide vigil to end uh, these concentration camps. It's going to bring uh, thousands of Americans to detention camps across the country into the streets and into their own front yards. If, if you're not in yeah. one, of the, one of the cities or, or, or there's not a satellite march that's come up, we're encouraging people to actually just go out in their front yard and protest. And you know what we're going to use? We're going to use drones in a humanitarian way. We're going to send up drones and photograph at 9 p.m. as many of these gatherings so people can feel counted and seen. We are against everything that is happening right now in our country. Red alert, red alert. We're at number 10. Yep. Well, and it's Rosie, it's not just activists like it, like me and you. Um, it's also it's historians. So um, historian yeah. and author uh, Andrea, Andrea Pitzer, who wrote One Long Night, A Global History of Concentration Camps, she says, we have what I would call a concentration camp system. And the definition of that in my book is mass detention of civilians without trial. And it goes on. Um, uh, Waitman, okay, so Wade. I'm not arguing. Wait, I'm not arguing. Oh, no, but I just want other people to know that are listening that it's not just us activists, that it's actually the historians and the scholars. Uh, we have course. Waitman, Wade, yeah. Bjorn, a Holocaust and Genocide Studies historian, says things can be concentration camps without being Auschwitz. Constant concentration camps in general have always been designed at the most basic level to separate one group of people from another group usually because the majority group or the creators of the camp deem the people they're putting in it to be dangerous or undesirable in some way. And that's just two historians who've called uh, Trump's concentration camps concentration camps. I think the other thing that, that AOC was saying um, is that people are, are misunderstanding that the, the Nazi concentration camps didn't start as death camps, right? They start as concentration camps, yeah. and sometimes they lead to extermination, but not every time. And so the point is, let's hope this time isn't that time, right? These are children separated from their parents, like at Auschwitz, where the children went one way and the dads went one way. They are taking children away from people who are here legally trying to get in the country. Right. They are stealing their children. They're not giving them toothbrushes. They're not giving them soap. They're in unclean conditions. It is inhumane. It's a war crime. It is about time that America stood up. And this better be the number one issue in the presidential debate. This uh, is the number one issue. We are rounding up, in, say the number, 52,000 children 50, with no trained professionals in there. 52,000 no. migrants total. But yes, the big number of those is is babies, children, and even infants. And there was a new report that came out yesterday. I know I sent it to you as soon as I got it because it just... You know, the, the problem is, is that 
is that we're not getting, they're not letting people in these facilities anymore. Like our friend got in, her friend got into one of those and, and is the information you have about the dog pound, but they're actually not letting uh, the press in. They're not letting uh, Congress not. members in. And But there's there's one facility they got into, and I just got to read this because it, I, I had tears in my eyes when I read it. It's a new Associated Press report out of El Paso, Texas, and a traumatic and dangerous situation is unfolding for some 250 infants, children, and teens. They were locked up mm -hmm. for 27 days without food, water, and sanitation, according to a legal team that interviewed dozens of children at a border station in Texas. Not even a border station, they're concentration camps. That's what we're going to call them. And then they went on. Uh, Holly Cooper, who's one of the attorneys down there, says, in my 22 years of doing visits with children in detention, I have never heard of this level of inhumanity. <sighs> oh, I'm getting choked up. Seeing our country at this crucible moment where we have forsaken children and failed to see them as human is hopefully a wake-up call for this country to move toward change. Do you know how emotionally scarred those children are permanently for life? There is a trauma tattoo imparted on their brains. They're going to learn different. They're going to live differently. Their lives are permanently marked as a delineation before they took away mommy and after they took away mommy. Right. There is a line down the soul of every one of those children. How dare the government do this? How dare Americans sit by and don't do anything? We have to do something. It's right. enraging, and I'm let my rage inspire you if you're listening, because I know America is good. I know how good America is. I was on in the, their TVs for six years. I, I, I feel as though I know the soul of this country. I really do. And it is good. And Donald Trump is a fake, and he's been a fake since day one. Yep. And if Mark Burnett did not make that show The Apprentice, there would be no Donald Trump in the White House. That show was a lie. There was no boardroom in Trump International before Mark Burnett put one up. There was no boardroom. It was a family business and an old guy named George and a woman named Carolyn. And he was a joke in New York City. He is a monster of a man. Yep. And the time is now. July 12th, I beg you, get to one of these cities. I'm going to go down to El Paso if I can, uh, or there's one in New York, or I'll go to Miami. I'm showing up at one of these events, and I hope that everyone who can make it there does. It's for two hours, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Yep, and there's going to be speakers. Yes, not political speakers. We're going to stand in peace against the atrocities of concentration camps in the United States of America functioning today. I can't bear it anymore. If you can't, you know, I, I was literally going and saying, I'm like, I can't fight him every day because every day it is a defeating purpose. And so what are you going to do? I'm going to stand up for these kids instead. Absolutely. I'm going to go fight that. For, for as, I'll get arrested as many times as I need to get arrested. <laughs> this is worse than it was ever in this country before. Well, and, and, and part saying that it's on television everywhere yeah and you know we're lulled by these handheld machines i'm talking to you too we're lulled by 24-hour news network yep we're lulled by propaganda that's you know, it seventh grade in, in social studies well it's it's the it's the gaslighting right so it's instead of actually instead of because what happens is when you have republicans you know, trying to scold. I think it was Liz Cheney and, and Leader McCarthy. And they're literally trying to attack AOC, 
who's our best advocate and who's properly calling them what they are, concentration camps. But this is what the Republicans do, right? They they try to, this is how they bait and switch. They want to argue the semantics instead of standing up for these children right now that are living in these unbearable conditions. And and that's their whole game. If if there were, if we got one camera in like Geraldo Rivera did at that mental hospital all those years ago when he was a respectable journalist mm-hmm. before he became a right-wing lunatic. Right. He says the most ridiculous things that I can't even believe I know the man. Yep. I can't believe I know him. What would I do if I ever saw him? I don't know. But I can't believe that that guy who went in there and helped all those people and, and changed the way the whole special needs communities were, were treated and looked at in the world, he did that. Yep. Right? If we could get somebody inside with a camera yep. to no. show, if we can demand and fight the Supreme Court and say we want entrance into here, we yep. want social workers, we want mental health facilities, we want people just to hold the baby. Yep. No, you sunlight know, Sunlight is the best. Going on there? The sexual abuse? you got yeah. to be kidding me. Try to have a party at your house with a bunch of 16-year-olds. Now make mm. 3,000 and lock them in a cage and don't feed them good food or water. Don't right. let them take a bath. Don't let them see their parents. Yep. Shock the shit out of them. Terrorize them. Yep. We are terrorizing children in the United States of America, and it is not okay. Absolutely. No, and you hit the nail on the head. Is Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Mm-hmm. The same reason we need cameras in these, facil- in these concentration camps to expose it. It's the same reason we also need to have televised impeachment hearings so we can put we can put a made for TV movie right for the people who couldn't read the Mueller report and don't know that Trump obstructed justice. And so just kind of switching gears here, because here's my issue right now is that, look, I am vote blue no matter who, you know, in 2020, I will be out, you know, and I will be getting people to the polls like I always do. In 2018, I, I led a huge effort, uh, build the wave to help flip 40 House districts. And I will do the same in 2020. But just because we vote blue, it doesn't mean that we can't hold our Democratic leaders accountable when they're not rising to the occasion. And right now, and that is Speaker Pelosi where... and Jerry Nadler and, and even Adam Schiff, I'll say they're not rising to the occasion. And and something that didn't get a lot of publicity this week, but it needs to. And I don't know if you read it. it there was a there was a story in The Washington Post uh, and they actually they have 20 different Democrats who talk to them. They have 20 sources. Can I can I read a little bit of the report and then we sure. can. We can discuss it. Okay, so um, the, the, the article was called Push to Impeach Trump Stalls Amid Democrats' Deference to and Fear of Pelosi. And I'm just going to read a few lines here. Prominent liberals in the House, impatient with, speak- with Speaker Nancy Pelosi's opposition to impeaching President Trump, seemed on the brink of a major breakthrough one, one night last month. The chairman of the, ju- of the Judiciary Committee, a key Pelosi ally, and the man who would preside over the hearings was preparing to buck his party's leader and join the pro-impeachment movement. Pelosi moved swiftly. She summoned her top lieutenants to a late-night meeting and hatched a plan that six party leaders speaking in unison would make clear to Jerry Nadler why why impeaching Trump was a terrible idea. Uh, Pelosi told Jerry Nadler, Republicans are stewing in their own juices, arguing that the majority of the Democratic caucus didn't support impeachment and that the party should devote its time to calling out Republicans for siding with the president trampling uh, over the Constitution. And this is according to Democrats and other senior officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to freely describe what transpired. Jerry Nadler left the room that night and has not publicly endorsed impeachment. As pressure has mounted in recent weeks on House Democrats to move more aggressively against Trump, 
Pelosi has demonstrated the firm grip she wields over her caucus, quashing, at least for now, the push for impeachment. The reluctance to oppose the speaker, according to interviews with more than 20 lawmakers and aides, has undermined the push for impeachment, despite the growing support for ousting Trump among the party's liberal base and several 2020 presidential uh, candidates. Thus far, impeachment proponents in the caucus have been unwilling to call Pelosi out by name or rally support to begin proceedings. And this report, Rosie, absolutely infuriated me because what's happening here is Nancy Pelosi is waging a campaign behind the scenes to against the impeachment of Donald Trump. And I just cannot find any good words to defend her in that. I just when you see this and, and you know, the Washington Post is a very credible publication. It's probably the most even over the New York Times. So it just got me. I mean, it's like here us activists are working so hard to push for an impeachment inquiry and Pelosi behind the scenes is thwarting it. Yeah. You know, I believe Nancy Pelosi is wrong and I believe it's almost too late. And if Nancy Pelosi doesn't think that these children's lives are worth um, impeaching the president over, uh, getting opening up inquiry, never mind the 10 charges of obstruction that are in the Mueller report for any idiot to read. If they want to read it, <laughs> right. you can read it and you can understand 10 times that he obstructed justice. There it is. There's enough to impeach him. I don't care what kind of song and dance they do on Fox News. The facts matter and the facts are going to stay true and history is going to record all of this. Right. And where were you when this was going down? Because we are on the precipice of disaster. Right. This is a turning point in our history. And I just feel like they're not rising to the occasion. Yes. Well, you know, I am pro impeachment inquiry ASAP. Right. And I I am absolutely terrified that they're going to not do anything. And he's going to ride this economy that has nothing to do with anyone in the middle class whatsoever. But they hear the economy is good and they think, well, that means it's good for me. Right. How the economy economy is affecting middle class. I'd love to see a report done on that. So the economy is great and he's going to ride that. And then with the help of all these other countries, like if we don't stand up and say, come here, you motherfucker from Queens. Come here, <laughs> you little piece of shit from right? Mars Boulevard. Get your ass over here. Yes. Okay? We're going to sit you down with some of the best lawyers in the world, and they're going to talk to you about what a fucking malignant narcissist you are. Right. Well, and, and that, the, for me, the most misleading talking point right now is that impeachment would embolden Trump's base and help him win because Trump's base is not enough for him to win. He needs independence, and televised impeachment hearings will educate them about all of Trump's crimes and abuses of power. I think we're all so stuck in our echo chambers. I sometimes think Democrats don't realize that the people who don't watch Fox News or CNN, that kind of 20 percent in the middle, they have no and didn't they didn't read the Mueller report. They have no idea that Trump obstructed justice. So by having these impeachment hearings, it actually helps us vote him out. We need as many people as possible to know that Trump is a crook before they go to vote in 2020. The extra tools that you get once you have an impeachment inquiry should justify doing it to begin with. Right. We have more legal weight behind our subpoenas. Absolutely. Right. And there has to be some sort of, you know, we're just going to sit there and watch Popex say nothing and have the lawyers sit there. And it's become like a joke. The judicial is so owned by him that it's just a joke. He doesn't even listen to any of the subpoenas or anything. Too bad. And did she go to jail? No. No. Well, the other thing is, is these hearings are happening behind closed doors. So how is that helping? Like, we need these hearings to be open 
So so the yeah. American people can hear about about the obstruction and they can hear about the criminality. I just think there's this level of, you know, when people say people say to me, you know, because I've taken a lot of flack for it, but they'll say like, Ryan, you know, Pelosi has 30 years of experience. She's and I'm like, yeah, she has 30 years of le of legislative experience. That's not what we're dealing with. This isn't about legislating. This is about exactly. stopping a fascist autocrat from destroying exactly. our democracy. And nobody right. has any experience doing that nobody because this has never this has never yeah. happened before. We are in you're uncharted waters. Yep, you're preaching to the choir. Yes, <laughs> we are. Everybody better do something for themselves. Whatever you can do. Right. If you don't have the time to get there, literally stand in your street by yourself and at nine o'clock for one minute. Hold up a flashlight. Right. Hold up a candle. Do something. Absolutely. Nine o'clock on July 12th. And we're going to try to photograph it with people volunteering and sending in their drone pictures of the gathering near them. We're going to hopefully get coverage of this, although why this isn't the number one thing in, of the Democratic platform, why this isn't. Why concentration camps is not a major issue. Well, Elizabeth Warren just came out this morning with, an, of course, with a new plan, as she always does, hmm. uh, to thwart the the what's happening in these in these detention centers and also in our in our own prisons. Right. Our for profit prisons. What's happening is, is the reason they have 52,000 immigrants locked up right now is because it's a for profit industry. So. So the private prison system that, that was benefiting off private prisons, now they're profiting off locking up these immigrants. And what people don't realize, seeking asylum is legal in the United States. So we're putting all these people through torture, separating, separating them from their children when they're doing something lawfully, right? And which, so- Which is a war crime. It is, these are crimes against humanity. So it's like, once again, when we have these Democrats who are taking center of the road positions, right? And they, you know, the, there was an article last month that one of the reasons Pelosi doesn't want to impeach is because she's scared of offending swing voters, right, in the middle of our country. But those days of playing politics by following the polls, leaders don't follow polls. Leaders lead the polls, right? And, and, and voters reward courage and moral clarity. So while all this is going on, what's really interesting, you're seeing Elizabeth Warren rise right now. She's risen 15 points in the last two months because she's the only Democrat that's stepping up with courage and moral clarity and speaking out against these issues. Yes, I agree. She is definitely the one that I'm endorsing. I hope that she goes all whoa, the way. Whoa, whoa, wait, time out. Did we just make news today on the podcast? Are you, are, is, is Rosie O'Donnell officially endorsing Elizabeth Warren? Yes, but I've been, I've, it's been on my Twitter. I don't think it's news. Okay, good. <laughs> so, I wouldn't send out a press release or anything. Yeah. <laughs> she, she wins me over every time I hear her speak, and I met her on The View, Yep. and she was uh, unbelievable. She looked you right in the eye. She was absolutely someone that I was going to look out for, and every stop on this campaign trail, she fucking amazes me. Yep. And everything she, she, everything she, every plan she has, I'm like, thank God there is someone in charge who's going to know what the fuck to do. Absolutely. And well, I know you were going back and forth between Warren and Kamala, so I didn't know you had finally gone in all in on Warren, because I was too yeah, before all, I endorsed. I'm all in on Elizabeth, yeah. Awesome. Especially, yeah, when she was talking about mass incarceration and when she was talking about everything she says she has a plan for, I'm like, thank God for you. 
Yeah. Every day, I think, thank God for her. Well, and, and, you know, listen, at this point, there was a guy named Obama, and nobody thought this long away from the election yep. that he had any chance against a leader like Hillary Clinton with such name recognition. Yep. And, you know, we got another guy there with a lot of name recognition, and he's the leader in the 50s now. But let's look back to Obama. Look what happened. A lot can change when people have to talk. Um, publicly to the nation. And Absolutely. Well, like you just said, Rosie, you hit the nail on the head. Trump is Trump is going to go into these swing states and he's going to tout he's going to tout the economy, right? He's going to say the economy's great, the economy's booming, reelect me. What we need, what the, the my number one qualification and the reason I ended up endorsing Warren, we need a democrat who can go into those same swing states and say, "No, the economy's not doing great for working people. The economy's doing great for billionaires." and millionaires and corporations, but working people are still hurting, right? Because, because what's happening is the stock market is not the economy. That's what people don't realize. That while gas prices are up, healthcare costs are up, the cost of food is up, our, our cost of living is up, rent prices are up, but workers' wages, if you look, there was a chart that just was released, workers' wages are flat. So while all the prices are going up, the wages are flat. So working people are actually doing worse off in the Trump economy and what Warren can do is she can go into those places and say, the economy is not great for working people and I've got a plan to fix it, right? And that's what we need. She has the best economic message for working people out of any of the candidates. And not just a message, she has a plan to implement it, right? Her new economic right, patriotism. If I, hear, if I hear Joe Biden wax philosophic about how great the Senate was oh. back in his day, well, guess what? Your day is over. Sit down, Joe. <laughs> Sit down, okay? We don't need you right now. We don't want you right now. You are not helping anyone. Thank you. If he wants to be a vice president, he should volunteer right now for the good of the nation to serve as vice president to whoever is great. And then we'll take all those people who like Obama because of him with well, us. But you know what? There's no reason to vote for him. And how is he? Thank you. How are you running for president in 2019 and talking about the past? That's all he talks about. Like, I think that some Democrats are so in so much fear. That they that they they've tricked themselves into perceiving that Biden is the safe choice, but elections are not won by trying to convert a few Trump voters in the middle of our country. Elections no, are won. Are elections are won by turning out our voters, and no candidate is going to turn out our voters and energize our base like Elizabeth Warren. And what people don't remember is there were some people in 2016. I voted for Hillary. I supported Hillary, but there were some people that are disenchanted with our political system. Right. They, they're they kind of over Democrats and Republicans and they ended up voting third party. And if you look in the three states we lost, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, that cost us the election. We lost them by a combined 70,000 votes and more over 70,000 people ended up voting third party. Those third party voters will vote for someone like Elizabeth Warren. And she can also engage the almost 100 million people who didn't vote in 2016. Someone like Joe Biden is not going to get new people engaged in the political process when he's talking about when he's talking about the past and talking about yesterday. We need a president who's talking about the future and right now. And that is Elizabeth Warren. Right. The time for old folksy Joe is over and you know, with, <laughs> with 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 thanks to him and no disrespect to him. But guess what? You are not what the party needs. And if he had any common sense and his ego wasn't involved, he would see that and he would say, I will be an elder and advise and get people to go along with what we're doing. But pass the baton, sir. Yep. It's time to sit down. We have some real runners on the track.
Well, every time he opens his mouth in the last few weeks, is he drops about two or three points in the polls. I mean, he because well, that's going to keep happening yep. because he's done it his whole life, and he, you know, when he went up to Joy Reid during that, um, oh, it was horrible. Article. He was hovering oh, over okay. her. He was doing exactly what Trump did to Hillary. Absolutely, talking to her. He walked right up to her. I know you don't think that this kind of. I would have said, back the fuck up, Joe. Yeah. What the hell? Are you kidding me? You're going to come at me like that? And don't tell me what I think. Ask me what I think, and I'll tell you. He's like an old grandpa who you just forgive all of his social ingraces. Right. You know, I don't know if that's the word, but just his social faux pas you forgive because he's your folks, the old uncle. Well, guess what? We're in crisis. Yep. Fascism has a foothold in America. Yeah, and that's the, and that's the thing. Like the people aren't realizing is that when you have the, the there is no more center left in America, ladies and gentlemen. The center is gone, right? The Republicans destroyed the center. They've taken the Republican Party all the way right to fascism. And when when that happens, we don't want someone who's middle of the road and trying to appeal to the center. We want a candidate who's going to stand up and fight for us and fight for our values. And this idea that we need to compromise our values to win is not right. And that's someone like Elizabeth Warren. She has backbone. She's courageous. She has the moral clarity we need. And that's that's why she's risen so much in the polls. And that's why Joe's, Joe's trending down in the last few weeks. Well, just remember where we were with Clinton and Barack Obama. And I have full faith in Elizabeth Warren. And I Me have too. full faith that the United States is ready to be one of the 65 other nations that have been led by women. Yep. We're not afraid. Nope. We can do this, everybody. We can do it together. And, and, and we can get ourselves out of this mess. This is like, this is unbelievable. It's like a five alarm fire. It is. In case of emergency break glass. We well, are there. Well, and the other part is, there. it is an emergency. And But my when you have Democrats like Biden and Pelosi and Jerry Nadler, who aren't even speaking, arising to the occasion of, of the urgency of this moment, it's like that kind of passive leadership is why we got here. The reason Trump is so emboldened and the Republicans are so emboldened is because we've allowed them to have two different rules. And the days of where Democrats play by one rules and Republicans don't play by any rules, those days are over. And if we elect someone, you know, the other day, Joe Biden said, oh, Republicans are going to have an epiphany when Trump is out of the White House and they're going to start to work with us. No, we don't need magical thinking. We need a fighter. We need someone who's going to stand up and fight back or this is going to happen again. I said the other day that if we just assume after Trump that the Republicans are going to be act normal again, that it, there's going to be another Trump. Like we can't back down. Like the GOP is not dead. They're more dangerous than ever. They will do this all over again. You think Matt, Matt Getz is going to stand down? That exactly. And that's that the problem. Jim Jordan, you think he's going to stand down? No. no and that's the problem with electing centrist Democrats who want to appease to the middle, right, to kind of get more campaign donations. No, we need fighters. We need AOCs. We need Rashida Tlaibs. We need Elizabeth Warrens of the world. They're going to stand up and fight. Right. Right, and we have to do it July 12th. I'm begging everybody listening, July 12th, go outside at 9 o'clock or make it to one of these six cities. Or if you have a group of people that feel the same that you do, frustrated, depressed, worried, anxious all the time for the nation, for yep. our children. If you're a military parent like I am, you know, it's not been a good couple days with um, thinking that, you know, your child who's deployed could be sent over to fight in Iran. It's a terrifying mm concept and uh a hard one to deal with and 
how, how old is your son, Rosie? He's 24 years old, and he's uh, currently stationed in the um, Scandinavian countries. I'm not allowed to say where. He's right. But, how long um, has he been serving our country for? Uh, he has been in oh, a little over a year. Oh, wow. his food camp, and this is his first deployment. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and um, so you know, it's a terrifying time. Sure. Every day is for a military mom is yep. a day that you worry. But you know, when you think we don't, are we going to buy this again? Right. This is the mass destruction. Are we going to buy the people on the boat? That was a Rand's big attack of the United States. That was their Pearl Harbor. Right. Really? That's what it was. Those two mines on the boat, and there were people injured, and that's horrible. But really? Right. That's a big, big nation of Iraq. That of Iran, they just attacked that one little boat. That was it. Right. They expect us to believe it and to send our children into harm's way because of it. Well, and, and the the unfortunate part of our just the power imbalance in our politics is that you have Trump and the GOP who take risk after risk after risk. Right. Like Trump is literally ready to start a war with Iran, and you have on the other side Democrats who are so passive and timid that they won't step up and start an impeachment inquiry. And so it's like what happens is, is it's like it's like an, it's like I always say it's like a, it's pretend we're in a football game, you know, and the Republicans are always on offense and the Democrats are always on playing defense. And it's really hard to score a touchdown when you're always playing defense. And so the Democrats have to do something to control the narrative and take the power away from Trump and the GOP. But they just seem unwilling and like they don't have the fight to do it. And that for me is what's so frustrating, because it's like. Again, well, back to the sports analogy. Unless we start playing harder, we're not going to win the game. We're going to keep we losing. We get in the streets like Hong Kong. I know that yep. everyone says this is America and it's impossible. When is it going to be possible? When they start picking up people in your neighborhood? When the, all of a sudden the guy who works at the, the gas station near you is gone and uh, his family that are kids are here? And what, I mean, what's when is it going to be? How many concentration camps do they need? Right. Before everyone goes, holy shit, we're in trouble. Right. Privately owned prisons. Get your peace today, as Kanye said. Yep. Right? Yeah. And well, thank and, God for Elizabeth Warren coming out against that. Thank God for her educating people as to what happened. Yep. You know, and the time for her is now, and the time for Joe Biden is not. Yep. And he can help so much. He can help steer this country back towards the direction that it needs to be. Hey, I think he'd be a great Secretary of State. Listen, he could be a great Vice President again. Yep. You want to be Vice President again, Joe? So let's be quiet and let's hire a President. Let's elect a President that can, and then you can be the Vice President again because you were good at that. Yep. Very good. (laughs) People like you. Yeah. But you don't get to run for President, in my opinion. Well, I, I just think, I also think, I mean, look, I mean, he's just not, we'll, we'll see as it plays out. I think the debates next, next week are going to be fascinating. I mean, we've already seen him. He's got, he's down by like 10 points in the last month in the polls. You know, Warren is gaining, uh, Bernie's starting to fall down a little bit in the polls. You know, so we people, have a long way to go. That's we, we have a long way to go. I, I just yeah. think is based, look, if, if, if Biden somehow becomes the nominee, of course I will support him. But for me, what's fr- me. what's frustrating is that you have someone like Biden who's not connecting with the voters, who's not being a leader right now, who's who looks disengaged when he's on stage. I mean, that's why the campaign is literally hiding him. They, they, there was an article out that they don't 
want him to do that many press events because when he does, he does all these gaffes. Okay, if that, that's not the kind of leader we need right now. And so what frustrates me is you have so many people in our party who think like, oh, we need Joe. And it's like, are you missing Elizabeth Warren right now? Well, she's, <laughs> while he's not connecting with voters, she's doing town hall after town hall. She's building a grassroots campaign. She's not taking, she's not doing any private fundraisers. She's not bought and paid for by Wall Street. She's fighting for Main Street. She's doing everything right. So when I see these people saying like, everyone just needs to get behind Joe, I'm like, that is so insulting when we have a candidate like Warren who's been rising to the occasion. I agree. And I just, uh, I agree. And everybody's going crazy personally. I know people are writing me on like, you know, I can't deal with this mentally. I'm really suffering. I'm struggling. And, you know, all I can say is what I say to myself to tell everyone, you can't, you can't do only that because you're going to forget what life's worth living for. You're going to be so depressed. Right. You know, I actually had MSNBC blocked from my um, house for a few, few weeks because I need to take a break. It's getting to me too much. And so focusing my energy on something that you can affect, that you can use your voice to make a difference and to get attention is July 12th, lifeforliberty.org. Yep. We're going to just Go to the website, get involved. There's a there's volunteer opportunities. You can also donate to help to help put on some of these events. Um, but Rosie's absolutely right. You know, activism can be very stressful, and it, but there are outlets, and that's the. It part. can also be therapeutic. I it think. can be therapeutic yeah. when you get engaged yeah. and you actually start doing and, and join with us and start getting involved instead of stewing in it. You know, now is the time for right. us to take action. You know, it's time sure. to, to to move. You know, we got a, a movements have to move. And we have to move together, you know, so uh, Lights for Liberty. There's also so many different volunteer opportunities on Warren's campaign right now. You can go to ElizabethWarren.com uh, if you want to get involved with the campaign. She's hosting uh, debate events. There, there's ways for you to host uh, parties at, at your house to do little mini fundraisers for her. If you're not social, there's ways for you to text for the campaign. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways. And, I, and I'm going to be uh, volunteering for the campaign as well. Well, I think that the more you get involved, the better you feel. But actually doing something like sitting home, watching the news and twittering your day away is uh, not going to help anybody, including yourself. So Absolutely. Break it up. Do some painting. Play with your kids. Do a puzzle. Go see a Toy Story 4. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much my day. How was Toy Story 4? It was good. It wasn't the heartbreaker that everyone said. They're like, oh, you're going to cry. Bring the tissues. But I didn't. You know, the one, the other ones I did, one, two, and three got me every time. Yeah. You know, but, but it, you know, listen, it's Toy Story 4 that's going to make up a trillion dollars. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pixar still has the magic. <laughs> they have the magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rosie, uh, as always, uh, when you, we launched uh, Amped Up, the podcast with you. And of course, after you're on, everyone was like, when is she coming back? When is she coming back? When is Rosie coming back? Yeah. You guys had such good energy together. And I'm like, I'm j I'll get her back on. So I really appreciate it. Just text me, Ryan. Okay. Anytime you want, I'll come on. I really appreciate it. Like because I get to do it from my uh, art studio and I get to, you know, vent all my feelings and then I can like relax and put on the new Madonna CD or something. There hey. you go. <laughs> well, and I really appreciate you stepping up uh, for and helping out uh, plan for uh, Lights for Liberty. Yeah, if you go to lightsforliberty.org, again, and we've said it like 18 times, no, that's but great. it's so important for, for everyone to get involved. And it's important for us to just to, to send a loud message to the Republican Party 
and to the Democratic Party that we are not going to allow concentration camps to be in the United States of America in 2019. Enough is enough. You know, it is time for us to take our power back. There's no one's going to save us. Mueller didn't save us. You know what I mean? Our, our, the Democratic Party is not saving us. We damn know the Republicans aren't going to save us. And Trump is going to take us into the Pacific Ocean. You know what I mean? Yes, He's going to take is. us over the cliff. So we have to be the heroes that we've been waiting for. And, and even the little, the little things that, you know, like, why did Susan McDougal go to jail for 18 months? And Hope Hicks is just fine to not answer any questions about her president that she likes. Right. Yeah. Well, because our system's kind of set up to protect the Republican Party. I mean, let's say it what it is. I mean, Trump is not the first Republican president who's getting away with crimes, right? I mean, Nixon was pardoned. You know, Reagan got away with uh, Iran-Contra. Uh, oh. Bush got away. Bush and Cheney got away with war crimes, you know, during the Iraq war. You know, so, so this is nothing new in our system. Yeah. Republican presidents have gotten away with crimes historically. And if we're going to be a free nation and a free democracy, we need to start holding these Republican presidents accountable when they break the law. And, well, and also Mitch McConnell. He's the one who everything Absolutely. stops with him, which, which yeah. is a travesty. Listen, and, there's been no greater threat to our democracy in the last 30 years yeah. than Mitch McConnell. You're absolutely right. And, but, you know, Kentucky rates last in, like, everything. Yep. Education and children in poverty and yep. mass incarceration. Like, they rate the, the, the worst yep. of any state. But remember, guy. Rosie, that's what Republicans want, right? They, they, they don't want people to be educated because if people, people, be if people get educated and, and, and they start learning about what the Republican Party has done to our country, then they'll stop voting for Republicans, Right. So they want to dumb everything down. They don't want to fund education. They don't want they want you watching Fox News. They want you drinking the Kremlin Kool-Aid and they want you to just stay in line, lockstep behind them. And pretty soon America will be a, an autocratic fascist country. Well, it already is a fascist country. And now we're heading into autocracy. No, I mean, that's that's the choice in 2020. What I tell people, do you want to live in an autocracy? Vote for Trump. If you want to live in a democracy, vote for Elizabeth Warren. Uh, or whatever Democrats running, hopefully will be Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah, hopefully will. Yep. Let's hope. Right. Well, thank you, you guys. Keep doing what you do, and I'll keep doing what I do. Awesome. Absolutely, okay. and we'll uh, we'll have you back on again soon, Rosie. I really appreciate yeah. everything. Thank you for all your all your advocacy work and and for fighting uh, with us uh, on thank all you. this. All right, well, thank you. Same action. All right, thank you, Bye, Rosie. Rosie. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amped Up with Proud Resistor. Please continue the conversation online by using the hashtag AmpedUp on Twitter and also go to SexyLiberal.com to check out uh, all the other great podcasts. Thank you and I'll see you next week. Hey, this is Randy Rhodes, host of the Randy Rhodes After Hours podcast. If you love this episode, you're going to love the whole show. Every week we talk about everything that matters to you from our future as a democracy to our existence on this here planet. Find it all at sexyliberal.com on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts.